It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, black and white sports fans, Matrix and Rhodes. We are in the house. Second straight day of uh, live streaming. Smash the thumbs up button if you do not mind. We have a bit show uh, here today. We got a lot to talk about. How are you doing, Rhodes? Good morning, Mr. Matrix. Good morning, chat. Everybody who will come in through here throughout the day. And of course, joining us right now, it seems we got a boatload of things to talk about this morning. Yep. So a lot. Let's rock. Yeah. I started uh, prepping for this show last night, found some more stuff, and then we got some more stuff right before the stream. So we got a jam pat show. But uh, let's see who's here in the chat so we can acknowledge them. Joe Bob Tarheel. Also writing on the website, he's here. Thank you for joining. Uh, Hillsplant, I guess that's the way you pronounce it. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Ed Strong, uh, Derek Meary, Ed B, Connor Akers, uh, Liberato Pablico, Child of Yah. Thank you guys for joining in. And we're already over 100 people. Smash thumbs up button. And we're going to be getting this show on the road. Lots to actually uh, talk about. Going to be a little bit warmer day here, so don't have to worry about freezing on my end. Freezing's been a thing. Freezing has truly been a thing for us up here. We got down to 21 Mm -hmm. yesterday morning and 22 this morning. But I think we're finally going to warm up. Okay. Yeah, we got down to like 30. Now, Thursday morning, it's going to plummet right back to like 24. Yeah, it is. It is. But we got some uh, Antonio Brown news to talk about. We got uh, Becky Hammond to talk about. Ken Rosenthal, that dropped yesterday. That was kind of surprising right there. Also, some stuff not in the topic, not on the uh, in the title. Novak Djokovic, we're going to talk about him, as well as the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Got some uh, news about their name and that incident that also happened um, with them as well. So are you ready to dive into the first topic? Let's rock. Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Let's do Do it. it yesterday. And Rhodes actually covered this on uh, the the Black and White Live channel. Did didn't Bruce Arians say that uh, 
that that wide receiver, man, I'm, I'm just, just drawing a blank right now. Antonio Brown, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say Antonio Brown was no longer a member of the Buccaneers? Didn't he say that? Uh- I cut his ass, except I didn't. <laughs> except Antonio Brown is still a Buccaneer. What? Technically. What? He's still a Buccaneer. Not only that, but but he, he, he and I'm sure we'll get to this, but I'm just going to throw it out very quickly. He's now directing the questions about AB status to the general manager? <laughs> It is weird. According to the reports, he told Antonio Brown, you were off the team on the sideline. And then in the press conference, he said he's no longer a Buccaneer, but yet now he is still a Buccaneer. Now he's deflecting questions and the decision to the general manager. Also the NFL is involved too. Now this is, I call, I call that. Remember yesterday on the show, I said, now that he's mentioned an injury, the NFL will get involved in some way, somehow. And here we are. The NFL is involved. Now, I will say this. Either way, no matter how you look at it, I believe Antonio Brown, he is done as a Buccaneer. I I agree. But but will he be suspended or will he be cut? I just don't get this. Well, they want to suspend him now because they're afraid he's going to sign with a playoff team they might have to play. Yeah. Let's That's go ahead thing. and look at That's uh, really a thing. Let's go ahead and look at uh what uh I believe it was Florio, right? That uh, actually wrote this. Buccaneers did not cut Antonio Brown today. Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians said after Sunday's game that Antonio Brown is, quote, no longer a buck, but officially he is. The Buccaneers did not cut Brown today, and there are ongoing discussions with the NFL about how to handle the matter, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. Now, he tweeted that out, that Antonio Brown was not cut. It's possible that the team would prefer that Brown be suspended rather than released, for taking off his jersey and walk, walking off the field during Sunday's game against the Jets. If Brown does get cut, he would go on waivers where the 31 other teams would have the opportunity to claim him. If he passed through waivers, he would then become an un- unrestricted free agent and a team could sign him for the final game of the regular season and the postseason. Herring's made clear that Brown is done playing for the Buccaneers but it remains to be seen whether he'll have the opportunity to catch on um, with someone else in the upcoming uh, weeks and whether any team would want the talented but trouble, trouble Brown if he becomes available. So if Antonio Brown is cut, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown could theoretically get with another team and possibly win a Super Bowl. And Rhodes has speculated, you know, maybe Jerry Jones would do it because the Cowboys have lost Michael Gallup for the rest of the season. That's real. And the Cowboys are a pretty good team. They're my team, and I've lost so much confidence in their offense. Zeke is washed up. Dak really has not been the same, and they didn't do nothing 
against yeah. the Cardinals. I don't care about that final score. They were dead in the water in that game. Well, number one, you know, we talked about the Michael Irvin thing in the past. We talked about Terrell Owens. But you know the one we didn't mention? And this is a big one. Actually, there's two, but there's one in particular that is like blinking eat at Joe's diner sign, neon sign. Jerry's the one that signed Greg Hardy. True. And I didn't I like mean, that signing. Well, I don't think anybody liked it, but the point was Jerry made it clear. He's pretty much win at all cost. He also signed Alden Smith. Okay. Mm, there yeah, is, true. there is precedent from Jerry Jones to do something like this. And one of the things I got into when I started looking at Michael Gallup versus Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown has outplayed Michael Gallup this year in fewer games. And so they, technically speaking, let's say nothing's wrong with Antonio Brown's ankle. Let's say that just, that ankle's, that ankle's good. He could, he could go in get on the field for Dallas right away. He is an immediate upgrade to Michael Gallup walking on the field. The numbers the numbers speak for themselves. Gallup has has played in more games, has 100 less yards, has less touchdown, two less touchdowns and about seven about seven less catches this year than Antonio Brown on two full less games played Antonio Brown's an upgrade over Michael Gallup and the one thing I will say the one thing I think everybody knows Jerry wants to win another one at all cost before he leaves this planet okay Jerry's gonna Jerry's gonna be 79 years old this year yeah he's he's desperate yeah but that's right to me to me honestly being a Cowboys fan I think Jerry needs to turn over the reins to uh, Stephen Jones completely. Now, Stephen is involved in a lot of things, but Jerry is still the general manager. And over the past 25 years, what has been the one consistent thing with the Cowboys? Jerry Jones. Yep. Yep. Hate to say it, man, but it is true. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Jerry gets a lot of credit for hiring hiring, uh, Jimmy Johnson but he also gets credit taken away for prematurely blowing yeah. that situation up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so, and things have never been the same since Jimmy Johnson got walked out the door. I mean, they yeah. got that, they got that one, um, Jimmy Johnson slash Barry Switzer Super Bowl in there. True. That team Barry, was loaded. That, that team was loaded and it was loaded because of Jimmy. Jimmy Johnson, you know, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, since then, it hadn't happened. And oh, and you know, we was talking about disgruntled receivers. Des Bryant was disgruntled a lot too. So yeah. there there is a there is an absolute precedent for the idea that that the Dallas Cowboys would take a look very seriously at somebody like Antonio Brown if he all of a sudden hits the market. And they're staring in the face of having to play the Buccaneers, having to play the Rams with Cooper Cup and all those weapons are playing the Packers and Devontae Adams. 
et cetera, et cetera. Zach Gregg's not got a, got a, a pretty decent idea in the chat. Tom Brady ought to sign Larry Fitzgerald. That's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, he was still pretty productive without, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I bet you he could, he still got a little something he could give the Buccaneers. And he's, but, he's not a head case either. He's oh, not a no, deep wide receiver. One of the highest integrity guys that's ever played in the NFL. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, me, you're right. Me being a, go ahead. Me, me I was going to say, uh, me being a Cowboys fan, do I want to see Antonio Brown on the Cowboys? Hell no. Hell no. Why? Cowboys have no leadership. None. I mean, even Tom Brady couldn't keep Antonio Brown in check, really. And him and Tom Brady are pretty good friends. Who is the leader on the Cowboys, especially on offense? Zeke? Hell no. Dak? No. Amari Cooper? No. I mean, Mm -mm. they don't have Jason Witten anymore. I mean, Jason Witten was pretty much the leader on offense. No, they don't have one. Antonio Brown would destroy the Cowboys. They don't need it. It ain't worth it. Could blow it, it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. The You know, if you want to say who could handle from a veteran presence standpoint having Antonio Brown on the field, the only one that I can think of outside of the quarterback that he just mm-hmm. left yeah. would be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers ain't that much. He's not that much of a leader. He, well, he's the only one that I think theoretically Antonio Brown would look at and have some respect for. Okay. Let's face it. If he looks at Dak and he looks at Aaron, which quarterback is he going to have more respect for? Of course. Not going to be close. Not going to be close. Um, He's the only one that I can think of that would have a chance to possibly rein in that guy's personality. Look, they only need him for six weeks. They only need him for six weeks. And then yeah, they can but- they can let him go. Because, look, who's the Packers' legitimate second threat on the team? Uh, at, at receiver, outside of Devontae Adams. Look, I know they've got Lazard and, and those guys, but I'm talking about true number two talent that still flashes number one talent. Look, Antonio Brown had four games of 90 yards catching or more out of six games played. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, in three of those games, he had over 100 yards. Yeah, they've got Aaron Jones and they got J.J. Dillon, but they're not wide receivers. We're not talking about that. At this point, I don't even think the Packers will want him because the Packers got a good thing going on right now. I don't think why, the Packers, even bring, why even bring him in? I don't yeah, think they, the Packers Packers would look at him. It, the only other team I can think of that might look at him would be the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the only other team I think that might look at him. And, and that's they already he, got another troubled receiver now on the team yeah. that probably could be gone in the blink of an eye in Josh yep. Gordon. Josh Gordon. Yep. Now, that's right. Now, Antonio Brown also made an appearance at um, the Brooklyn Nets game. That's not really the story here, though. Um, but it does say Brown was spotted courtside <laughs> at Barclay, Barclays Center. 
Oh, look at looking like Deion Sanders had a love child with Lawrence Taylor <laughs> walking in. <laughs> oh man, that jumpsuit is priceless. <laughs> yeah. But but this is the interesting part right here in this article here. Oh, fresh from a run DMC concert, Antonio Brown stopped in at the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets game. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Here's the thing about this. In this article, it says Bucks, Bucks coach um, Bruce Aaron said Brown was no longer a buck, but on Monday, the transactional process didn't seem as complete as Arians made it seem. When asked Monday, he said it was up to the GM, Jason Light, to make the decision. According to ESPN, the Buccaneers were talking with the NFL about how to move forward with Brown's situation. The wide receiver is sure to face some kind of discipline from the NFL. Is he? I mean, Bruce Arians now is throwing this on the general manager. But Bruce yeah. Arians made the, yeah. the decision said he ain't a buck anymore. But now he's saying it's on the GM. Well, not only that, but you're asking the NFL to make a clear-cut call about who's right and who's wrong when technically speaking – now you've got a situation where you've got one guy's word over the other. Which one do you necessarily believe? Because if you automatically believe Bruce Arians, you run the risk of the PA getting involved too. The Players right. Association. Because again, and I still think it's a ploy by him and his agent to get sympathy out of the situation and maybe maybe even get back some money in form of i don't know if they i don't think this qualifies as a, like an injury settlement situation or anything but i don't think so either yeah i don't think it does either but why would they turn to the NFL to make a decision here they can they, they can, can make him, him inactive they could suspend him themselves well or they can cut him too I don't understand why the NFL needs to get involved in this. There, there's, look, we've got an example of exactly how to handle this. Look at what the Houston Texans have done with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Okay. And that was that wasn't an NFL call. They have made him inactive week in and week out every single week this year. He's getting paid. He's getting paid. Yeah, they're going to have to pay him. If they choose the inactive route, they'll have to pay him. They may, and maybe that's the problem. But I don't exactly think Antonio Brown's on any kind of world-setting deal here. He can't get his, his incentives if he's on the bench. Okay, he can't get any incentives. And I know they may not want to pay him. But what are you going to do? Release him. Cut him. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like Antonio Brown. But wait, you guys are the ones that said you were cutting him. Okay. Yeah. And 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 I know a lot of people, a lot of people really got triggered at me yesterday because I suggested that there was a chance that Bruce Arians might have lost his shit on the field and just said, You're released, you're cut, get off the field that quick when Maybe he doesn't have the authority to make that call, actually. Okay? He's not the general manager. He's not. 
In other words, Jason Light picks the groceries. To my knowledge, Bruce Arians does not have player personnel control on that level as the head coach. Yeah, some coaches do. Kyle Shanahan, he's the general manager in 49ers. It's not John Lynch for the most part, except I think Trey Lance. But outside of that, and I think he got overruled by Jed York. But you get my point. He's not Bill Belichick. He's not Andy Reid, okay? But he um, did come out and tell maybe, the media he is not a buck anymore. He made he that sure choice. Unless, unless he talked to Jason Light after the game. But we don't we don't know that. And look, but, the guys in the chat are right. To a certain extent, Tom Brady is involved in personnel decisions too. No, he's They're the right only about reason, that. The only reason Antonio Brown was on the Bucks is because of Tom Brady. That's it. Yeah. He would not be on his team. We know that Bruce Arians doesn't like Antonio Brown. Now, Bruce Arians came out and said, you know, hey, I wish him the best. I care about him. Not buying that. He was never a fan of Antonio Brown. Never, never wanted him on this team. And uh, he said he had no regrets about signing him. Well, maybe he didn't as far as that goes because he got a Super Bowl out of it, you know. But no, nah, no. Nah. And, so, and by the way, by the way, too, man, Rob Parker wrote a hit piece out on um, Tom Brady and um, Bruce Arians uh, blaming them. He wrote it for a dead spin as well. Oh, that's the perfect place for him to go to work. Oh, you, I, you I mean, that's a, that, that no, I have not seen it yet. I have <laughs> Here, not. I have not read this whole thing, but since we're on it, we can look at it. Bruce Arians is also to blame Brady too. Butts coach QB and Abel Brown by giving him a job he should have never received. Rob Parker. I didn't know he even wrote for Deadspin. But I guess, you know, this is a perfect place for him. I, I didn't guess. either. Yeah. They they have they have uh, went after Jason Whitlock for like seven years now. Just hit piece after hit piece on Whitlock. Wow. Yeah. You want to want to read some of this to see what uh, he actually uh, says here? Yeah, let's look at it. Okay. Uh, Rob Parker. Now, you know Rob Parker. He's a, you know, you've heard of Never Trumpers. He's a Never uh, Bradier. Bradier, I guess you can call it that. Oh, yeah. He hates Tom Brady with <laughs> oh, a passion. And he, yeah, he does. Um, It's easy to just want to blame this all on Antonio Brown. After all, the star wide receiver acted out in the middle of the Buccaneers-Jets game on Sunday in Jersey. After refusing to go back in the game, Brown stripped off his helmet, shoulder pads, and uniform and basically quit on the spot. This is an open and shut case, right? Think again. Most of the blame has to go to Tampa Bay coach Bruce Arians. He was the enabler. He was complicit. He set up this mess. Arians is just as much to blame as Brown. He never held Brown accountable. He kept looking the other way as if if the stuff Brown had done in the past wouldn't happen to him. Uh, when things blew up in his face, as it had in uh, Brown's previous three stops in NFL America, Arians acted surprised, like he was caught off guard. Please. There was never a question if Brown would blow up, the, blow up the spot just when it would happen. Butts quarterback Tom Brady should shoulder blame as well. He also didn't really care about Brown, the person. All Brady cared about was Brown, the talented wide receiver. Brady was so hell-bent on winning another Super Bowl, proving the success in New England was about him and not Coach Belichick. 
that he sold his soul and principles to get Brown, a man accused of sexual assault by one woman and sexual misconduct by another on his team. How else can you explain Brady taking Brown into his home despite the erratic behavior that left a trail of alleged victims in Brown's path? If Brady really cared about Brown's behavior, he would have gotten him the professional help, not a professional contract to play football. It's clear Brown needs some sort of help in his personal life to improve his well-being. You don't need to be a doctor to know that. It's just the eye test, like spotting a great athlete on the field. But more than anything, Brown needs to be held accountable for his actions. Yes, tough love. That's what Arians failed to deliver when Brown needed it most. Don't forget it first. Arians said Tampa Bay wasn't interested in Brown after the, the New England Patriots cut ties with him. Then Brady wanted him, and boom, he was a buck. Somehow, Brown survived injury in the season and helped Tampa win the Super Bowl. When no other team in the league wanted him, the Bucks re-signed him. Then came the moment of truth. Aaron said something very profound when the Bucks went out on a limb when they first signed Brown. He screws up one, one time, he's gone. Aaron's proved himself to be a liar. Brown screwed up, all right. In epic proportion, he lied about his vaccination status, got a fake vaccination card, a federal crime is prosecuted. Worst of all, uh, Brown endangered the health of Arians, a three-time cancer survivor, and 83-year-old offensive consultant Tom Moore. That was Arians' cue to stick to his word, hold Brown accountable for such a selfish act. Instead, Brown, instead Arians was selfish one, giving Brown a pass because his football team needed a good wide receiver after injuries depleted his supply. And without question, Brown is still that. A scrub or a lesser talent would have would have uh, been shown the door ASAP, not Brown because his biggest enabler was the head coach, the shot caller. Shamefully, Arian's first words at the press conference after the game was that Brown was no longer a buck. Isn't that special? And uh, I guess I could read the rest of this. It ain't that long. Uh, only to add this to the media on Monday, quote, I have no regrets. I just hope the best for him. It was very hard. I wish him well. If he if he needs help, I hope he gets some. It's very hard because I do care about him. Please. Arians never cared about Brown. Just that Brown, just what Brown could do for him, enhance his resume with his Super Bowl. If he really cared, he would have gotten Brown the help before tossing him another jersey and sending him back onto the football field. No one should be shocked about what happened here. It happened with the Steelers, the Raiders, the Patriots, the lure, the lure of using a man's talent to help win football games is too great. It's harder to be concerned over someone's well-being. Shame on Arians. He's to blame, too. Wow. Go ahead, Rhodes. Let me first begin by saying, if Antonio Brown was not given an NFL job by some NFL team, this very same publication would be talking about how the NFL is full of a bunch of racist MFers for Antonio Bingo. Brown not be not given a job. Exactly. That's horseshit. Go away, Rob Parker. Okay, this this article is more about I want to write a hit piece on Bruce Arians and Tom Brady who I already, everybody already knows I hate. 
I hate those guys. It gives me another mm-hmm. reason to throw another anti-Tom Brady article on the log on the fire. This is why this article is written. The the league would be branded a bunch of racists like they still are with because Colin Kaepernick's no-talent ass hasn't gotten back on the field. At least we can say Antonio Brown has true talent. There's no argument right. there. No okay, doubt. that's the reason he has gotten a uh, uh, freaking job after job after after job. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, I will say this. Rob Parker is right about one thing. He is right about one thing. They did choose to sign Antonio Brown knowing his past. They did choose to do but that. I don't thing, give a many, shit about how, how the vaccination many, status How many thing. teams? How many that. teams? have signed troubled players because of their talent. We just this talked is, about Jerry Jones. This is the league. This is the this league. Is the, this is sports in general. This right is here. the reason why the NFL is known as the National Felon League. Yeah. That's literally a saying. Everybody says it. Every time I do have to do yet another video on some NFL player slash ex-NFL player, that's already beat the crap out of their old lady or killed somebody in a DUI accident or insert new felony here, you can go down the comment section and people say National Felon League and and people will be like, well, they won't sign him again. The next thing you know, the SOB's back in the league. Yeah, Stop it. Trust me, the the only reason why this hit piece was written is because of Tom Brady. There's no doubt about it because did Rob Parker write a hit piece on the Steelers? Did, did he write one on the Raiders? No, not that I know. Did, of. No, did he write, it, write one on New England. And Antonio Brown was the racist in, in Oak, in Oakland. He called, he was, was the, the head coach. Was the, the head coach? Did he, he called, called him a cracker? He, called, called him a cracker. cracker. Yeah. I'm going to have to bleep that out just so I could put it in a video. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that's right. unreal that's i mean right. rob, rob parker man I, he he's at fox of course but he's right where he belongs with dead spin oh, a garbage tier website that that just trashes anybody that doesn't fit the narrative if you don't go along with the mainstream media's narrative they're gonna trash you that's why they have uh, aaron Rodgers at uh, number two on that idiot of the year list hey highlight justin uh Fugerstein, I hope I got that right. It has been a thing since he was a young child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if Rob Parker wants to get so, if he wants to slam Tom Brady and um and uh, Bruce Arians for signing Antonio Brown, why didn't he go out and trash the um the great Bill Parcells for putting up with Lawrence Taylor? who had a bunch of baggage. But the only reason why Lawrence Taylor was all time. And he's done some horrific things since he was, he's retired. Yeah. Horrific. We can't even talk about it. Um, here on, um, on his live stream, but uh, he's in trouble for something right now that sure. I would have loved to made a video on it, but, they might have ripped the whole channel down if yeah. I had done it. <laughs> gotta go gotta go to uh gotta go put it on the website. Uh yeah. we got a couple of super chats here. 
thank you for the uh, uh, few super chats that have uh, come in. Um, let me pull it up here. Michael Yinch. Manfred is the worst commissioner ever in baseball. We're going to be talking about him next. So hold your horses. Uh, thanks for that. Painting services by Steve for $20. Keep up the good work, guys. You rock. You. Really do appreciate that. Super Chats definitely help um, uh, support the uh, channel here. So I guess we can go ahead and uh, get into. Uh, That's a good segue. Ken Rosenthal here, man. Ken Rosenthal, one of the, the premier um, news breakers at MLB, dropped by the MLB network, not fired. Because his contract was up. First, I was thinking he was probably fired. Not fired. They dropped him. Why? Because he came hard at Rob Manfred. And Rob Manfred has been a punching bag uh, the last couple of years. But this kind of goes back to 2020. With that whole uh, labor um, negotiation thing. Uh, Guess who owns the MLB network? That'd be Uh, MLB. MLB, yeah. Who, who is the commissioner of uh, MLB? Rob Manfred. R- Rob Manfred. So, <laughs> Stacey <can't> Abrams. <laughs> it, 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 might, it might as well be Stacey Abrams. <laughs> uh, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. It, it, might, it might as well be Stacey Abrams. But, uh, man, Rob Manfred, man, has been a disaster uh, for MLB. But, Right here, Ken Rosenthal out at MLB Network due to previous criticism of Rob Manfred. Thank God that we actually uh, work for ourselves, Rose, because if we if we had a job, man, we probably wouldn't have one because we'll be coming down hard on uh, a lot of these uh, commissioners. But uh, MLB Network has cut ties with insider Ken Rosenthal that is believed to be the end result of acrimony that peaked in the summer of 2020 after Rosenthal criticized Commissioner Rob Manfred, the Post has learned. Rosenthal, a top newsbreaker, was first kept off the air for around three months, according to sources after he wrote columns in 2020 with the season in jeopardy due to the pandemic, analyzing uh, Manfred's handling of the situation for the athletic. I didn't even realize he was gone for three months, man. They just uh, kicked him to the curb. I didn't either. Now, there was no stated suspension at the time, and it went publicly unnoticed. Rosenthal was still paid, but was put in a months-long penalty box. He did return for the trade deadline, which was a push. Let me get that ad out the way. Was pushed to um, August 31st that season due to the Wuhan virus. Since then, Rosenthal has been regularly on email be in including as uh, late as uh, prior to Christmas on MLB tonight. One of the network signature shows his contract was up at the end of last year. That's why we're saying he was not fired, but I guess you can technically call it that. I mean, a guy like Ken Rosenthal. Yeah. Just drop him. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Rosenthal like the, uh, the Adam Schefter a, a, of uh, the the Adrian Wojnarowski Adam yeah. Schefter Ian Rappaport of MLB kind of yeah 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 it's him why why would you do that why would you let that kind of a guy go the guy that's going to give you the the tweet out about so and so getting signed by the whoever's at, you know thirty minutes before anybody else that's the guy yeah wow that's He's crazy the guy, man. 
Uh, Rosenthal 59 remains at Fox sports where he is a fixture on his weekly coverage and is, and is a dugout reporter for his top games, including world series. He also was also will continue at the athletic. So he's not going to be hurting. He's going to be well taken care of. He has uh, multiple jobs. Uh, Rosenthal declined to comment. MLB has been changing his lineup over the past year. It previously uh, let go of longtime personalities, including uh, Chris Rose and Eric Burns. And uh, this is what um, MLB said here. Of course, you know, they're not going to tell you that is because he slammed Rob Manfred. Right. But they said this quote, as MLB network continues to look, look as fresh, look at fresh ways to bring baseball to our viewers. There is a natural turnover in our talent roster that takes, takes place uh, each year. An MLB spokesperson told the post Kim played a significant uh, part of MLB network over the past 13 years. Let that sink in right there. But Hey, we have a talent rollover every year. The next sentence, he's been a, <laughs> he's been a significant part of the MLB network for 13 mother effing years. But there's a turnover every year. Uh, okay. They just shot themselves the in the foot. Nothing to do with the fact that he slammed the boss. Let's keep it real. He slammed the boss. Uh, so much for credibility. Uh, so much for credibility. Uh, impartial reporting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This and if guy. you guys want to get into what actually uh, Ken uh, Rosenthal said, I believe I had it pulled up. Oh, here it is. This is what he said here. I'm going to pull this up. This is what got him in hot water with uh, MLB. He said, Manfred and the owners need to figure it out and quickly. Most owners will be in the game longer than most players, enabling them to eventually recoup their losses from 2020, then profit from their franchise's resale values. Manfred, meanwhile, is supposed to be the adult in the room, a leader with a sense of the game's place in our society, the caretaker of the sport. If he blows this, it will define him. That should be enough incentive for him to strike a deal, period. Wow. That that was it? That was I, it? I believe, I, I believe there's I more mean, than that. I mean, not being able to strike a deal I mean, when you're yeah, this a commissioner. Is, this, is just one, this is just one part of it, but he wrote oh, several okay. things. Okay, okay. Yeah, he wrote several things on him, but that's the, just the, the one I had pulled up there. Well, there are certain things that happened during a commissioner's tenure that defines their legacy. You know, Bud Seelig's got things attached to his legacy, we all know. Um, it, that's part of the job. That's why they get paid so much money. Um, man, it makes MLB look really bad. Okay. You got to have voices on your staff that aren't echo chambers. They've got to, you've got to be able to have some freedom to go in a different direction and to be able to call somebody out. Even it's, if it's the boss, the man has been a journalist for how long he's been a reporter a for time, how long man. this is what he does. Okay. And he's proven that he's been one of the top two or three or four best at it for the last probably 15 years. Um, that makes him look incredibly bad. Um, incredibly bad. We had a great comment, by the way, in, in the chat a minute ago. Um, 
Bill Meehan, I hope I said your name right, if Stacey Abrams was the commissioner of the MLB, the all-star vote counting would stop at midnight and there would be millions of votes for woke players that would pour in at 3 a.m. <laughs> that is so a good. good That's a so good one. Good. Uh, yeah. Guys, smash the thumbs up button if you do not mind. We got uh, 450 people in here and just 246 thumbs up. You guys can do better than that. Keep smashing that uh, thumbs up button. Share the live stream out there. This is something new that we're trying. We're we're really kind of experimenting with this this week to see how um, these live stream goes goes. And we have been wanting to do this for a while. Six doing months. A morning, we've been talking morning, about it at least. Probably probably more like a year. <laughs> yeah. So yep. this is what we've been trying to do. This is uh, this live stream will be the meat and potatoes of um of the show. And if it works out, we'll continue the morning live streams. You know, if it's uh, feasible for us to do that versus, you know, putting out videos all the time. Cause what we're going to do is like what we did uh, yesterday, um, do the live stream. Then we'll cut out segments throughout the day. And if that works out, works great for us. That'd be great. It really will be great. Because a lot of the other uh, channels, now Pat McAfee does it too. Um, uh, Young Ripper does it every day, Monday through Friday on his show that starts at noon. Even though he's not a sports channel, but get the point. It helps the so, podcast too, a lot. It, it It's much more definitely. of a podcast format. So that, that will help the podcast grow. And if you guys haven't checked the podcast out, please do. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if you get busy it, and want to listen at work, podcast be the way to do it. Yeah. 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 The podcast, we really want to grow that really want to grow the, um, the live streams. I believe yesterday we had over 600 people, um, watch the live stream, uh, here right now, you know, four fifty something like that. So I think the 10 o'clock hour would probably be the best way to do it. Uh, we started nine 30 yesterday, but I think, um, uh, this would be the best way. And, uh, and, um, right here, Perth says, uh, but uh, I like your honest take. Yeah, we're always going to be honest. We're always going to be honest. Uh, you guys are great. And we read some of our regular comments, you know, too, not just uh, uh, Super Chats. Uh, thumbs up to black and white sports. We're not beholden to anybody. You know, I, I've got no issues. I understand why. And, guys, I'm not trying to I'm, I'm not trying to slam Clay Travis. I'm not. Um, I understand he worked really hard. He decided to 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 sell the business so it would grow to Fox News. That's great. But there was something charming, in my personal opinion, more charming about OutKick prior to the sale to Fox News. It's it just something about it. And um, I don't. I, I think there's something about independent entities now doing what it is we are doing. Okay. Yeah. People aren't looking at the mainstream media as their sources anymore. No. Okay. They're they're not because you and I are not beholden to anybody. Now I may say things that some folks on the channel may not like, but you can bet one thing. That's my honest opinion. Okay. That's my honest opinion. Um, so and I and 
I don't believe in echo chambers. I, I don't. Um, I, I think you should get out there, tell it exactly like you think it is. I mean, there's things that Matrix and myself don't agree on when it comes to sports. But that's the beauty of it. You know, that's the right. way it's supposed to be, you know. And, uh, yeah, and I don't – look, I still watch some Fox News. I watch some entities over there. Hell, I watch Clay Travis when he comes on there. But independent talent, I just tend to gravitate towards uh, more often than I do uh, when something gets attached to a larger corporate entity. Do you, you know? know how much Clay Travis got from Fox News? I think I know. I think it's like a hundred million dollars. That dude got paid. Well, and a lot. <laughs> where you can see it ref reflected is you can see he's gotten more talent at Outkick. Yes, yes. Okay. And the Outkick he, articles on uh, Fox um, News Sports page. Right. Right. Well, yeah, Clay Travis was always a contributor because he had the betting show on Fox Sports, but Outkick was his baby. Yeah. He was the Outkick owner was, he created. Outkick was scratch. a game changer. Yeah. Because Outkick, yeah. um, he started in, what, 2014, right? Uh, I think yeah. it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Long time and then, ago. And then he, he grew it. I mean, it's his thing. He's still the president of Outkick. And um, he's still running it, but he, I mean, I respect the guy. I really do like him, man. But think of this, man, if somebody came up to you and he was already on Fox anyway, he'd been on Fox for years. So if they came up to you and said, Hey, here's a hundred million dollars. Hmm. Let me think about that. I mean, depending on, well, you know, I'm, if you I'm probably not the guy to ask because he's always made a lot more money than me. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, now, <laughs> you know think, what think I mean? Is, man, I mean what, what, what if, uh, what if, um, let's say Newsmats, cause Newsmats, they're missing out on an opportunity. I believe they don't have any sports. They don't have any sports. If you go to their website, they don't have any sports. Oh, Oh, a one American news. They have a sports uh, section. Newsmats doesn't. Yeah. So what if Newsmats came to us and said, hey, Black and White Network, we'll give you, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, $10 million, you know, $5 million for Rose, $5 million for me. And you guys get to run it on our website. Will we actually think about that? Uh, the only yeah, way I, would I think would, we definitely would think about it. <laughs> the only way I would consider that they're going to have to put it in writing that I have full creative control over my own product. Being, of, of course, that's why you have lawyers involved. You know, uh, full creative so, control. Uh, I mean, full creative control. No, we we do what we want to do. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, you know. So that's that's what I would um, you know, would want to do. Um. Now that I think about it, you know, lawyer fees probably to bump that up because the lawyer's going to take a lot of money out of that too. Well, they they can pay the lawyer fees too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. But yeah, True. I want I want full creative control over my products still. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because eventually, we know if if we keep plugging away, we will probably in ten years make that kind of money on our own. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
It would take that's an annual that. salary too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the only way I would do it. But but anyway, um, nets up on deck. We have covered um, Ken Rosenthal already. Who else did I have on deck? Oh, Becky Hammond. Mm. Ah, Becky Hammond, you know, from um, the San Antonio Spurs, I guess you could say formerly of the San Antonio Spurs. She's actually um, a head coach now in the WNBA. The Guys, if you don't know, that is the Woke National Basketball Association. Yeah, but, but with women. Or women, whatever, yeah. or, you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah. True. Now she's actually back in the league here and she made some comments about why she went to the WNBA. She had no intentions of actually going to the WNBA. She, she truly wanted to be a head coach in the NBA. Just think about it. She was going on interviews this um, past off season. She didn't get a job. And it seems like she took a shot at the NBA for not giving her a job. Now, of course, the mainstream media is not going to tell you this, but we have the comments here. So let's look at this. It says here, Becky Hammond explains jump from NBA to WNBA's ACES. They saw me as a head coach. Hmm. Okay. Oh, is the is the Marxist NBA of China not quite as uh, equal opportunity as the? It seems uh, like the WNBA? the NBA NBA is not as woke as you may think. Okay. Now hmm. we don't know exactly um, what she was saying and what what they actually told her completely in these. Um, interviews but <laughs> say, say it ain't so john not hypocrisy <laughs> that that's not possible <laughs> is it not propaganda that that surely cannot be possible yeah. from corporate interest no way <laughs> check this out last thursday becky hammond announced plans to leave the san antonio spurs bench to become the head coach of the wnba's las vegas aces on monday she explained her decision while being introduced at her new job on a video conference. She said this, quote, when it comes to uh, the NBA, okay, quote, I sat in head coaching interviews in the NBA and people said two things, Hammond told reporters, per Business Insider's Meredith Cash, quote, you've only been in San Antonio and you've never been a head coach. The Aces saw me as a head coach right now. Doesn't that sound like a shot at the NBA? Well, I did a video a while back and it was about her and she had interviewed for some various jobs around the league. I think Portland thought about, supposedly thought about, at least that's what they told the media thought about hiring her supposedly very seriously and she was also a candidate for the boston celtics job when it was open and one of the things that came out 
uh, in a in a separate article and separate video we did was the fact that when teams called the Spurs, she did not get the most glowing of recommendation from the San Antonio Spurs. I, rem- I remember that. And the thing that was thrown out there was the fact that uh, some people around the league were hearing from the Spurs that there might be a work ethic issue with Becky Hammond, that they felt maybe she wasn't going above and beyond to the point that was needed in order for her to become a Marxist NBA of China head coach. Yeah. So, uh, uh, oops. Look at so this. much. Yeah, go ahead. Look at that right there. When the Aces came calling, she was interested, though she admitted that she initially had no intentions of, of leaving the NBA. Hmm. She didn't want to go hmm. to the WNBA. No. Now she said, I'll never close the door on the WNBA because I love the WNBA. I've learned to just keep my options open and try to be open-minded. When ACES president, Nikki Fargus called, I listened. This was not really about the NBA or WNBA. This is about me personally being ready to have a team and wanting to have a team. This was her last resort. It seems like she's pissed off at the NBA for not giving her a job. They tried to say, oh, you've never been a head coach. Well, guess what? Chauncey Billups was never a head coach. You got other um, other uh, I, black uh, NBA coaches. Yeah, I mean. They just, they mean, just now got jobs. They've been elite forever. Sam Cassell I, still has not gotten a head coaching job. I, I'm a Yudoka for the, the, the Celtics. Never been a head coach. He got a job. Yeah. With the Celtics. With the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. The NBA is, uh, that's sort of a peel back the layers thing with the NBA. Um, let me ask you a question. Would she have ever gotten an NBA job? You know what? That's a good question right there. I've been thinking about that for the longest time. And I hate to bring up, you know, her being a woman. I don't know how. I have no idea how that would actually work. I, I don't. I really don't know. Would she command the respect of the players? Well, it makes you wonder how much responsibility was she really given with the Spurs if they felt like her work ethic uh, was not up to par to become a head coach. For some reason, they decided to put that story out there or that's what was going around in league circles. Was that she wasn't working hard enough? Yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. That's how interesting. It, but you got to realize too, man. These NBA head coaching jobs—they're extremely hard to get because you don't have a whole bunch of openings every year. Like, like we already said, Sam Cassell has been an assistant for how long? For years. A long, long time. Long time. A he was a very time. good NBA player. You know, he won a couple of championships with the Rockets. Still doesn't have an NBA head coaching job. Right. Right. These things aren't easy to get. 
Well, you know, um, Raymond Gatter in the chat said, I think it's more woke Greg Popovich. Uh, yeah, could it be possible that Greg Popovich would be the head captain of the hypocrisy train in, in not giving uh, Becky Hammonds a glowing recommendation or not giving her the uh, maybe the skill set passed down from him? Maybe well, he well, didn't. Here's, here's the thing also with Pop. Word on the street so woke. Is, well, word on the street is, is, and I did a video on this, is that this could actually be Pop's last season in the NBA. Oh, so that's right. That's right. Pop, Pop's last season. And you would think, cause Becky Hammond was the assistant coach that maybe he would actually try to pave the way for her to take over the Spurs. That don't seem to be happening. And someone's telling me the Spurs probably know whether or not Pop is actually going to retire after this season. Oh, Blue Blue Week in the chat brings something up that's very interesting. Could it be possible? Could it be possible in today's woke Marxist NBA of China climate slash uh, woke National Basketball Association? Could it be possible that everything in that culture had gotten her to the point of believing that maybe she felt entitled Entitled. to get a job in the NBA. Entitled. It it could be. I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to it. That's not the way it works. And and one one thing about um, assistant coaches, and we see this quite a bit, these assistant coaches, when you go to great teams with great players, the word on the street is, especially in the media, the media really pushes this, that, oh, this is the next person to get a job. How many times have we seen, like in the, in the NFL, Tom Brady's offensive coordinators? How many of them actually panned out as head coaches? I've got an example for you. Somebody that people were banging the table should get a job, and there's outrage going on that that there was a sense of entitlement that he should get a job. And they're still going to talk about him when we get around to the hiring cycle. But the last three or four years, I guess, uh, people have come out of it. And where has the outrage been? It's been around one name not getting a job. Eric B. Enemy of Kansas City, that offensive coordinator, it is appalling that he hasn't gotten a job when what nobody in the media wanted to talk about was the fact that you see back in the day, Eric B. Enemy was a coach on a staff at the University of Colorado when they had one of the biggest, nastiest, ugliest scandals in the history of NCAA football. He was a coach on that staff, and he himself has had issues in his personal life that would give an NFL owner and should give them serious pause about oh, yeah. ever ever giving Eric B. Enemy a job of yeah he kind. has he has some skeletons in his closet you guys may want to look that up a- absolutely absolutely 
But no, it's always been the same woke scenario. He hasn't gotten a job because of why he's black. It's a conspiracy against black coaches getting a job. Same thing here. She may have worked herself in her mind. You know, what's the old saying? She's a legend in her own mind. (laughs) She may have worked herself up in her own mind as feeling entitled to getting this job. When at the end of the day, and we know how stories like her work ethic isn't great. Reporters, journalists, they start talking, you know, to the 11th guy on the on the bench. The 12th guy starts talking to agents. All these sort of things goes together and putting stories together to get background on somebody. And she had earned a reputation the story was around the league that her work ethic wasn't great and that people felt it. She wasn't working on a level to be able to coach the NBA, an NBA team and lead men. Look, Becky, Becky Hammond may be one hell of a NBA coach one day, but something, something about, I'm sorry, but, do you truly believe that if you're an NBA franchise and you look at her and you think, you know what? I'm talking to her. I swear she may be the next Greg Popovich. She may be the next Phil Jackson. You know what? We're giving that woman a job. I don't care if she has a penis or a vagina. We're giving that person a job. If we think she can coach like that on that level, She's getting a job. She can be Caitlyn Jenner. If they think they've got the next Greg Popovich or the next Phil Jackson, that, whatever that is, son of a gun, is getting at head coaching job. And for whatever reason, they felt Becky Hammond was not one of those people. I mean, let's just be real. Let's be real. Nobody, I mean, they would give her a job if they felt like she had that kind of potential as a head coach. It wouldn't matter if she was coaching women, men, nothing. Let's face it, the the WNBA probably hired her as a head coach because she's immediately one of the biggest names in their shitty-ass sport. (laughs) I mean, let's keep it real. She's one of the more famous names, and there, she gets hired in. She immediately becomes a top ten name in their she, sorry she league. A, she got a record uh, deal to be the coach. I think it was like five times more than any coach has ever gotten in the WNBA. Now that ain't saying much because we know the NBA coaches. And how many people are actually wanting to go and be a WNBA coach? Probably not a lot. How are they paying for that? Because it ain't from the money they get from their television contract. <laughs> Supplemented by the Marxist NBA of China. The NBA is still funding that S show known as the WNBA. I'm, I'm sorry, man. If I'm if I'm the commission, if I'm the one of the owners of, and this is a bad business deal. If I'm one of the owners. Of the NBA team, yeah, I called them owners, not governors. Not governors, they own the team. If I'm if I'm a owner, 
And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Why am I putting money into a product that has lost money for the past 25 years? Why aren't we making money? I don't have a problem putting money into it, but why are we losing money? If we're going to lose money, I'm not putting my money into it. Eventually you got to say it's a bad business deal. It's one of the strangest things. It's one of the strangest things. I'm sorry, but the NBA is funding that crap solely for a mainstream media PR bump. It's it's a social justice thing. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. That whole league is a political narrative for the NBA. The University of Yukon women's basketball team is way more popular than any WNBA team. It's not even close. Baylor's women's basketball team is more popular than any WNBA team. I mean, come on. Think it is. (laughs) When you you think of the University of Connecticut, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Gino Oriyama and the women's basketball team. Oh, yeah. Not even the men. They're way more popular than the men. Way more popular. Because they got a good program. They know exactly what they're doing. Yep. I when you agree. think of a, when you think of the University of Tennessee, you thought of Pat Summit. Yep. I mean, you're not even thinking about you weren't even thinking about the football team. They had Peyton Manning there. You were thinking the women's basketball team over there was more popular than the football team. Yep. She was a legend. She is a legend. A legend. Yeah. A legend. Yeah, let me ask here. you a qu- let me ask you a question. Did you ever feel that that Pat couldn't coach a a a, a boys college team because I never felt like oh, she couldn't. I think she could. I I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I believe she can coach an upper tier men's basketball team. Yeah, I agree. I agree I mean, with if, that. Absolutely. Let let's just say for example she was alive right now. You know, still in her prime. And Coach K said, well, I'm retiring. If Duke went and got her, I believe Duke could be just fine. She was that great of a coach. A great coach. Oh, oh, no. Did black and white sports break a narrative there? They're not a couple of sexist sons of bitches? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or bad, sorry. We got another super chat here from uh, Ted65, $5. Maybe the Bucks. Still have AB on the roster for legal reasons since uh, coach asked AB to play even though he was hurt. Now, that's another thing we didn't talk about. According to Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown never said he was hurt. He was never injured. Now, Antonio Brown himself hasn't necessarily come out and said that either. That came out through the media, unless you've heard something different. No, 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 no. No, I haven't heard anything different um, other than what – and I don't even know who floated that. I would guess his agent. You know what? Let me let me see if I can actually find who his agent is uh, real fast because I'm wondering. This is a good question. Oh. Um. No, I, I thought maybe 
There was a minute I thought his agent might have been Don Yee, who is Tom Brady's mm. agent. I wanted yeah. to make sure that wasn't a parallel. His former agent, do you know who his, his former agent was? No. The Probably, uh, yep, Drew Rosenhaus. That was his oh, former agent. Okay. He, he fired Rosenhaus. They had a lawsuit going on there for a while hmm. between, between each other. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, next topic here. And hold on. Guess what? <laughs> we have. Go ahead, Rhodes. What are we, we going to say? Julian Rodriguez. I, 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 I don't I, look. I'm the biggest college football guy in the world, but when I think of Tennessee sports, I, I think of the women's basketball team. Yeah, the women's basketball the team. team. Yeah. I mean, I, the I mean, women's basketball team has a much rich, richer history than the football team. Oh. May anybody else disagree with me on that? Uh, I mean, I know they had some decent years, but. Yeah. What was, what was the. See, that tells you right there. They had, who was their, who was that high profile coach they had for a while that was it? Was his name Pat Pat Fumer? Is that right? I can't even remember. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I I think of Pat Summit. Um. So now I'm thinking anyway. this. They do say, okay. I, I do think of Peyton Manning. I, of course, we think of Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning was only there for X amount of years. We're talking about a complete legacy of sports at Tennessee. I still think about Pat. It's Pat Summit. Pat Summit think, more than Peyton you, Manning. When you think of sports at Tennessee, the first name you think of is Pat Summit. Phil it's Fulmer, not even close. That's it. Phil. See, I. I mean, the, there's there. Phil Fulmer. Yeah. Yeah. But I. But I damn sure knew who Pat Summit was right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> See, Chad Phillips agrees. I always thought of Tennessee women's basketball team when I hear of University of Tennessee. And look, I mean, look, they've had good football teams there. They have. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to. Uh, I don't have an issue with Tennessee football. I'm just saying, you know, maybe you, maybe you have to be in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, let's move over to this next topic here because this is probably going to drive the Walt Sports Media crazy. World number one Novak Djokovic pretty much confirms that he's unvaxxed and he will be able to participate at the Australian Open this month. Because Novak Djokovic hasn't talked about his jab status. He doesn't believe in mandates or anything like that. But he applied for an exemption. And he's allowed to participate at the Australian Open. So you can see here on ESPN, Novak Djokovic to defend Australian Open tennis title after exemption from COVID-19 vaccination. So he has not gotten a jab. That's pretty much confirmed. And I'm shocked that he actually got an exemption because you guys probably don't know how crazy Australia is with their mandates. It's insane. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Like, I mean, if you think that New York and California are bad, they're on another level. They have flooded the streets. I mean, they are so close to a, 
the people versus the government war over there. I mean, it is crazy. Some of the some of the things that's come out of Australia is just jaw dropping. Yeah. That that yeah. should be a lesson for folks. Don't let the government get too much control over you. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just Was saying. Telling, probably one of the reasons why they allowed him this exemption is probably because this man's a nine time champion at the Australian Open. When you think of the Australian Open in tennis, you're going to think of Novak Djokovic. And Rafa Nadal caught the virus. And they're the two biggest names that are actually playing right now. I know Roger Federer is still there, but let's face it, Roger Federer is 40 years old. He's done. Um, Rafa Nadal probably won't play because he caught the Wuhan virus. And that probably messed up his uh, preparation. So if you don't have Djokovic and Nadal, the men's side is going to be unwatchable. So that's the problem right there. Uh, He tweeted out um, this. He said, um, I spent um, fantastic quality time with my loved ones over the break. And today I'm heading down under with an exemption permission. Let's go 2022. And that is uh, the Joker right there because he has a lot on the line. He has 20 Grand Slam titles. And that's tied with Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer. This is his best surface. He'll be the favorite to actually win a record-breaking 21st Grand Slam title. Because I said it before in my previous videos, I'm a bit tennis fan. If he didn't play going into the French Open, I know he's the defending champion. I don't believe he'll be, he'll be the favorite. Nadal is a 12-time champion at the French Open. So I believe that Nadal definitely would have been a favorite going into there. So theoretically, Nadal would have had 21 titles versus Djokovic's 20. Now we have to see how it all actually uh, does play out. But I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And it says here, organizers of the Australian Open have stipulated that all participants must be vaccinated against the coronavirus or have a medical exemption granted by an independent panel of experts. The organizers issued a statement later on Tuesday to confirm Djokovic will be allowed to compete at the Australian Open and is on his way to Australia. Quote, Djokovic applied for a medical exemption, which was granted following a rigorous review process involving two separate independent panels of medical experts, the statement said. One of those was the independent medical exemption review panel appointed by the Victorian Department of Health. They assess all applications to see if uh, they met the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunization Guidelines. Hmm. Interesting, you know, that they even allowed an independent group to even make this this, uh, decision right here. (laughs) Well... Look, in my opinion, they did this for one reason and one reason only. Ad revenue. They did this because of television ratings. Yeah. If we don't if we don't have him, the television ratings are going to go in the dumpster. And when hmm. uh the advertisers for the Australian Open found out that he might not be in it, they probably started ringing some phones behind the scenes yeah. and was like 
you better figure out how to grant him an exemption because at this point, he's the only SOB anybody's going to tune in to watch. Yeah, because I don't figure think Nadal's going to be there. I don't believe that Federer is going to be there. Uh, somebody brought up uh, Medvedev. Uh, he's a really good player. Um, is the Nets best in the future? We have to see, man. There's been a lot of um, people talking like I was high on a uh, dominant team. He's not playing the Australian Open. So I don't know. They needed a big name. I know they had this panel, but something's telling me the Australian Open was was clearly looking at, we need somebody to sell this thing. It, it, wait a minute. Hypocrisy. If they're so worried about the freaking pandemic, why are y'all still having the damn tournament? Good point. Good point right I mean, there. You know, I thought I ought to just throw that out, but uh cancel the damn tournament if you're that freaking concerned about the Wuhan virus. No, no, we're not gonna do that because at the end of the day, those greenbacks mean more than anything else. And yep. those greenbacks are tied to ad revenue and exactly. television ratings. Exactly. Plain and simple. I mean it's it's unfortunately that's why the NBA will probably forever stay around because dumb entities like the Marxist ESPN of China will continue to give the Marxist NBA of China greenbacks. That is why that league will never fold. Yeah. And we got a, one more topic here we're going to be talking about because Interesting. the former team known as the Washington Redskins they They'll always be the Redskins to me. They made an announcement. We are going to find out their new name and logo on February the 2nd. February 2nd, we're going to find out what their new name will be. Washington to announce new name, new team name logo on February 2nd. And uh, apparently it's not going to be, they had like a list of names. I believe, I believe it was like eight, eight names. But that was never official. So we don't really know exactly um, what um, it'll be. But however, it says here, um, it was real Tuesday that they will announce their new uh, team name logo on February 2nd, just 11 days before the Super Bowl. While we don't know what the new name will be, team president Jason Wright let everyone know what it won't be. Wolves or Red Wolves. Washington Wolves, Washington Red Wolves, not happening. Not happening. I I still can't believe this is a thing. It <laughs> is. You know, I mean, it just, I can't believe it. God, the Redskins was such a great name. Uh, those so, names were two of the most popular with fans, but Wright explained why uh, WFT won't be moving forward with either one. Earlier on, we understood Wolves, or some variation of it, was one of our fan favorites. As I've said all along, we take feedback from our fans seriously, and because of your interest in this name, we put Wolves on a list of options to fully explore. Once we began looking at Wolves, however, we became aware of a notable challenge. Trademarks held by other teams would limit our ability to make the name our own. And without Wolves, variations like Red Wolves wouldn't be available, wouldn't be viable either uh, for those, for these and other reasons. Understanding the weight and importance of the team name and excitement around other name options 
both internally and within our fan base. We didn't want to risk going down a route that could be dotted with legal hurdles. The prospect of years of litigation wasn't something that we wanted you, our fans, to have to bear as you begin to embrace a new brand. You should have stayed the damn Redskins. Oh, God. Oh, this this just in. We're going to call the the team formerly known as the Redskins as the Dan Snyder's Washington Grab Asses. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to call them the Washington Wokeskins. <laughs> the Washington Non-Binaries. <laughs> they might as well just go with the Wokeskins because oh, the woke they, they bent the knee to wokeness and changed their name. They did that. They did that. The Washington Epstein's. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's funny right there. Oh, God. Do not bend the knee to the woke mob. Oh, the Washington don't, snowflakes. Don't do it. The Washington pronouns. <laughs> now, that's funny right there. <laughs> the Washington Brandons. You know what? No. You know what? Since they bent the knee to the woke mob, it probably can't be something patriotic. Because the Wolters. Oh, they'll get mad not, about not, that. They're, they're, they're not patriotic. But some, something is telling me that the name will be patriotic. No. Because of the location. Yeah. But uh, you Red think, Bulls. You think it'll be patriotic? You do? I think it'll probably be something like that. I mean, man, they should do something to really, really piss off um the woke the woke mob. Why don't they uh, name themselves the Washington Jeffersons after Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> since they're actually tearing down his statue and everything like that, you know. And the woke mob is going to say, "Well, he owns slaves." Let me tell you oh, yeah. something about this. I know this is a sports stream, but let me give you a little bit of a history lesson about um um Thomas Jefferson woke people. I don't know if many people know this, but you know he actually tried to um abolish slavery when they when they were writing the um I can't remember if it was the Declaration of Independence or whatever, but it was struck down. The first draft he put out was trying to get rid of slavery. I know he owned slaves, but guess what? He inherited those slaves and legally he couldn't free them. Just thought you guys may want to know that. And the uh, mainstream media is not going to let you know that. No, of course not. Just saying. Of course not. Oh, man. Oh, this is good right here. Super chat painting services by Steve Washington Trumps. Oh my goodness. If Dan Snyder, Name the team the Washington Trumps. Wow. Wow. That would that would probably be the best name. They should just go ahead and do it. Just to infuriate the Wolsters out there. That sound you hear is Roger Goodell running his car into a bridge embankment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh funny. Oh. Um one more story here too. Speaking of um the Washington football team, um, fan who fell from FedEx um, field stands denied being offered on-site medical attention. Now I, 
heard a little bit about this. I didn't know much about this. Rhodes had actually brought this up here. What exactly happened? They were leaning. Rhodes? They were leaning over the rail trying to get to Jalen Hurts the other day, going off the field, and the railing actually collapsed. Oh, you see it right there. Yeah, they right, fell right out. There. I mean, a good drop too. We're talking about probably maybe twelve foot, something like that. And they were offered no medical attention whatsoever by anybody. And they were told to get the hell out of the stadium. They were told to leave. Yeah. Wow. They were told to get out. We don't care if you're okay and get out. And I can tell you right now, some of those fans are now looking into lawsuits. <laughs> That is a thing. They are looking in the lawsuits. I don't know if you guys can really see this picture here, but man, it, how many fans was it? It was a few. It was a few. It was more than like one or two. It was a few. Okay. Now, it says here there's a dispute as to whether FedEx field officials offer medical assistance to those who fail, said the Washington football team on Sunday night. Quote, to our knowledge, everyone involved was offered on-site medical evaluation and left the stadium of their own accord. We're very glad no one appears to have been seriously injured. The safety of our fans and guests is of the utmost importance. And we are looking into what occurred. One of the fans who fell disputed the contention quote, they didn't ask if anyone was hurt and uh -oh. they sure as hell didn't ask if anyone needed medical attention Andrew Collins told Tim McManus of ESPN.com. The only thing the staff said to us was to get the F off the field. Wow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow. Get the bleep off the field. You rat bastards. <laughs> Another person here, Mike, uh, Nehemiah agreed with that assessment, calling the statement from the team completely incorrect. Permit Manus, uh, now Moly claims the fans were told this. Everyone get the F off the field, and they quickly grabbed us away from Jalen and shoot us up into the stands. Wow. What? That's going to be a problem. That's that could be a... a so now you got two people echoing the same thing. That's right. Saying the exact same thing. Yeah. It seemed like the, the Redskins can't stay out of trouble, man. Are, are they about to get sued again? They're about to get sued again. How many videos did we make about uh, Dan Snyder and the Redskins getting sued? And they're, they're about sued to get sued again. By who? This Who's is, sooner? This is going to be a well, lawsuit, well, man. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were talking about something else that I didn't know about now. No, but I mean, the same team. When's the last time you can remember another NFL team getting sued this much? <laughs> now we got fans yeah. that were 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 involved in something that actually somebody might have gotten hurt from and they didn't even bother to ask them if they were okay or yeah, that's, hey, pretty, that's pretty crazy man well and and that's the thing they were scared that somebody would say oh i am hurt blah 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 and they just didn't want to know they thought nothing to see here leslie nielsen naked gun style mm -hmm. 
nothing to see here. Everybody, please move along. And we will act like this incident didn't happen, even though the incident made every sports show that there was, including Sunday night football on their pregame show. Yikes. Good luck, Dan Snyder. And uh, it does say the NFL is investigating. So you should be getting to the bottom, bottom of this. But I don't have much confidence in the NFL doing much of anything right when it comes to Washington. Because remember the whole uh, email scandal? Yeah. Seems like the league has been covering up for uh, Washington. But I digress on that. <laughs> we got a lot of, uh, they were all Eagles fans. <laughs> yeah. And they were trying to get to Jalen Hurts. Hurt, don't it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's funny, man. Oh, we got a couple of super chats. At yeah, we do. We got a couple of uh, super chats here. And uh, give me one second here. I got to fix my camera. Uh, we got a couple of super chats here. Um, Giants Nation five dollars. I would name the Washington team after the greatest, after the great Christopher Columbus, the Washington. Columbus, man, you know that the woke mob would go completely insane if that actually happened. Oh yeah, they they're probably, never gonna, they're never gonna do that. And yeah, it, yeah, it would never happen. Yeah. Uh, Jazz Nation again, five dollars. By the way, what are your thoughts on Tim Duncan? I think he was very underrated and was the best player in the two thousands. Mm, um, I, li- very I like Tim Duncan. Interest- very interesting. I, li- I like I like Tim I- Duncan. Best player of the 2000s, I can probably go with that. Uh, I would make something, I would, I would say something kind of controversial here. I think Tim Duncan, I would put him ahead of Kobe Bryant for the 2000s. Oh, I would too. I, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. even, that's not even a question. Right. I, I believe when it, Tim Duncan was a better player than Kobe, Kobe more exciting, Kobe on the, the flashy Lakers. But uh, Tim Duncan, yeah, I'll take Tim Duncan over Kobe. Absolutely, yeah. we agree on that. Good, little a little too much. Kobe had just a little too much, um, shooter in him. In other words, like you would look up and Kobe would have one of those Russell Westbrook, you know. 12 Kobe for 48, was, 12 for 48 nights, you know. Kobe was not the most efficient player. He was a great player, all-time great, but he wasn't the most efficient player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He he I wasn't agree. a great three-point shooter either. Yep. But I like I like Kobe as a player. I was never a big Kobe fan. I'm I not like going to pretend to be a me, Kobe fan. Me but, either. Me either. But but Tim yep. Duncan, yeah. And I, I I would take Shaq over Kobe too. I know that uh, Laker fans hate hate when I say that, but Shaq was a beast, a beast. Yeah, I don't have to think about that. Yeah, it would Good. it would definitely it would definitely be um, it would definitely be Shaq. I would take Shaq too. Yep. Good. Well, I think we had a really really good show. Roads. Anything else before we uh? Wrap everything up. Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. LeBron. No. No. (laughs) 
LaChina James, no. Yeah. LaWoke James, no. LeBron James, no. Wuhan James, no. No. Well, we appreciate everybody coming out. And uh, we'll, I guess we'll catch you at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow as well. A lot of fun, a lot of topics here on this show. Uh, Help us grow the show, guys. Help us grow the show, show up, uh, share the stream. That's pretty much it. So with that being said, guys, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace. We're out.